Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Burwald. We're getting a little bit of an echo. A little bit. <laughs> How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's, we're broadcasting this morning from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a beautiful morning, and they said snow in the future. But T- what? Today. No. Today. No. And I'm like, there's no clouds. Sleep <sighs> Heather, <and> snow. Heather. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Waiting for the <laughs> 70s, 80s, That's and even 90s we had the Easter. Real shoes and socks today, because... Uh, well, I'm I, totally a Birkenstock I, I, I did wear my winter coat, so I guess that was a good choice. <laughs> so, will you start us with prayer, Dr. Burke? I would be happy to. So, for prayer this morning, we're going to do the collect, or the opening prayer from Mass for today, Daily Mass for today. Uh, today is Tuesday, the third week of Easter. So, let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who opened wide the gates of the heavenly kingdom to those reborn of water and the Holy Spirit, pour out on your servants an increase of the grace you have bestowed, that, having been purged of all sins, they may elect nothing that in your kindness you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Bergwald. You bet. So, how are things going here at the diocese? Fantastic. Yeah? Yep. Rocking and rolling. Yep. Easter season. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we have a huge show today. Lots of guests on the, on the is show. It, are we three hours today? What? Yeah. Huge show. Huge show. Extra long. I hope you extra. carved out an extra hour for us this what is, morning. One of the networks on Thursday night used to like extend their shows 20 minutes. just to TGIF. Remember T- that? TGIT, well, I think. Anyway, yeah, I remember that too. Remember when all the good shows were on Fridays? Right there I mean, were, who stayed home on Friday? Right? Well, kids. I don't kids. 13-year-olds right. like me. Yep. Me too. <laughs> well, we're going to dive right in this morning. We have Deacon Mike McEwen back on with us. You were on with us, was it just last week? Yeah, I think it was last Monday. So. Well, welcome back. We, uh, we're talking about the divine will, so let's recap a little bit about kind of what we talked about last week. I think it was on Monday in Mitchell with um, Father Tim Cohn, Deacon Mike McEwen mm-hmm. and I. We had a great conversation about divine will spirituality. Can you kind of update us where we left off last week? Yeah, I'll try to encapsulate last week's interview. That's... <laughs> Sometimes they can always hard. go I'll, back. Always, always, always bringing things down to you know the basics. But yeah, you um, have thirty seconds. Thirty I'm seconds like, to <laughs> recap a thirty-minute conversation, Deacon. All right, there you go. No problem. <laughs> so we we were talking about uh, uh, the servant of God, Louisa Picaretta, and her her life and spirituality. So Louisa was born in 1865 in Corrado, Italy. She was a very simple girl. She only had a, a first-grade education. And around the age of nine, Jesus began communicating with her, and this continued throughout her life. So these communications 
were recorded in her diary, which was written in obedience to her spiritual directors. And during that time in obedience, she wrote 36 volumes of her encounters with Jesus and Mary, who really revealed to her and brought her into the gift of the divine will. And Louisa, she had some prodigies in her own life. She shared the passion of Jesus as a victim's soul. She was bedridden for more than 60 years of her life, and during that time, uh, there were different things, like she she lived basically on the Eucharist. Sometimes she would, uh, at the command of her confessors, eat a little food, but then it would come up intact and whole. Um, and she died in 1947. And so all of these heavenly visits that she experienced, Jesus began to reveal to Louisa a gift that he said had never been given before, the gift of living in his divine will. And he told her that it's given at this time in history to restore creation to unity with him and to prepare mankind for a glorious era of peace when Jesus would reign, not physically, but through the Catholic Church and in our hearts in a way that we've never experienced since the time of creation. So that's, uh, that, I, I hope that's, that's a, good uh, recap. A, a good nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is. So, so Deacon, we're, today we're going to focus on sort of the, the, the practical side of the devotion to the divine will. But before we get into that, sort of just following up from what you were just speaking to, um, I know that there has been and, and maybe still is some controversy over this devotion and around uh, Luisa Picaretta. I remember this is probably over, <clears throat> over 20 years ago now when actually when I was studying in Italy and, and that's when I first heard of her. And there's a, a good bit of controversy, people saying, well, how can there be, I mean, divine, uh, divine revelation, what we're supposed to hold to was fully revealed with Jesus. There's no new, no, no new public revelation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, some of the translations, people were really suspicious of them. And I think um, it wasn't that long ago that I, I had cause to sort of look again. And we've talked, to her about, talked about her as servant of God. We can maybe talk about what that means, its significance. Um, but... Can you clarify maybe uh, where things are at in terms of some of that controversy around Louisa and this devotion? Yeah, sure. I, I guess the, the first thing that you brought up, this idea of private revelation. You know, it is true that the deposit of the faith has been given to us in Scripture. Um, that's public revelation. And public revelation is... Uh, the, the main way that God speaks to us. So when we look at private revelation, it's never considered to be a new revelation. Mm. It's considered to be an explication or uh, an actual living out of divine or, or of public revelation. So uh, a lot of times people see uh, a disconnection there when, when actually they, they fit together well in, you know, in approved circumstances. So with Louisa and her spirituality, um, she did go through a time where, um, even though she had support of St. Hannibal de Francia was her, her confessor and gave the imprimatur uh, and Neil Oldstadt to her writings, um, there, was, uh, there was a time where she, along with uh, St. Faustina Kowalska, 
was placed, their writings were placed on the index of forbidden books. Right. And later on, um, that, that's kind of where, <clears throat> where they stayed. In 1994, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger removed the prohibitions on her writings, um, and which allowed people to read them. A couple years later, John Paul II canonized St. Hannibal de Francia, who was her, her confessor and also lived this divine will spirituality and, you know, praised that spirituality that he lived. Um, after that, much controversy happened. There were people that thought, oh, this is, this is good. They began to interpret some of her writings. There were bad interpretations out there. So when they go from her simple dialect, translate into Italian, translate right. into English, there were some things that were very confusing and actually went against church teaching. So where that's at right now, um, the Vatican wants to give the official translation of these writings. So uh, they're in the process, you know, they've, they've finished the canonical investigations, the theological censors and things like that. Uh, they haven't made the final official determination, but nothing has thrown it off yet. Okay. So in the meantime, um, they they don't want any new translations being printed because, uh, as her bishop said, we don't want anything bad reflecting on the servant of God, and right. we don't want her teaching to be confused. And And the fact that she's servant of God means that there's... Um, I, I, it's not impossible, but my my understanding it's it's difficult to um, be titled servant of God, if you will, if there are. <laughs> well, I, I don't know of any other instance where somebody's received the title servant of God, uh, at least in in the, the modern age, where they've had uh, uh, significantly erroneous theological views, uh, heresy right. or something and approaching she, heresy. She's actually quite. Far down the line, I mean that was that process was started in 2005. Yeah. yeah. So um, she's she's getting toward the end of this process, and they, you know, in the proper interpretation when it's subjected to the church um, and understood properly, there's been nothing to throw off this her her writings or this uh, gift that that God revealed to her. Great. So thanks for clarifying that, Deacon. I think, uh, again, some folks, maybe that's all, some people are like, what? What's going on? I know. On? I'm like, like, didn't even know. Yeah. And, but, uh, but just because my, quite a while ago, I haven't yeah. heard something, I was grateful to uh, more recently find out uh, some of the developments that way. So, Deacon, as I said, we're going to kind of focus, though, the rest of the interview on the practical side of this devotion. So, so what are some of the prayers that are involved in divine will spirituality? Well... As with uh, any gift, you know, we can't earn it. This isn't, it's, it's not a virtue. It's not something that we have to be good enough or holy enough to, to enter into. Um, but like I said, as with any gift, the first step is desiring it and asking for it. And what Jesus re- revealed to Louisa is that when you ask for this gift, when you desire it, um, that opens your heart. It disposes you to receive it. And even though you haven't entered into the fullness of this gift when you ask for it, he gives it to you, and it can be in seed form, and it begins to order your life. So your intellect, your memory, and will, you know, rather than, like, years of, of like, 
striving to to bring all of our all of these capacities into order, um, he begins to order your life and your mind and your will. So it is a process. Um, but as far as the prayer that you asked about, Chris, the first the first part of what uh, a daily prayer life in the divine will looks like is fusing yourself in the divine will. And uh, you weren't here, or you weren't part of that conversation last week. Right. But um, we talked about how God is outside of time. Everything is present to him, past, present, future. And in this gift, what he's doing is inviting us into that. So when we pray, when we offer sacrifice, when we offer uh, prayers of reparation, when we give praise, honor, and glory, um, it touches everything, past, present, and future. God's will touches everything. So everything that God's will does, we're a part of that. And our small acts of, of uh, adoration play into that and begin to help in that restoration process. So each day we fuse ourselves in God's will, um, and we enter into that eternal act, that one eternal act of God. Part of that is uh, what we call a provenient act. So each day, um, the first thing, the very first thing of the day is the provenient act, where uh, you offer beforehand all the actions, everything that you will do that day beforehand. That's why it's called provenient. Um, and you offer that up and fuse it with the divine will. Jesus told Louisa that this was the foundation of, you know, living this day in and day out. After that, it's the actual act. So these are the small things that we do during the day. It reminds me a lot of uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, where, like, the different things that you do different uh, during the day, the eating, driving, you know, uh, no matter what it is, even the sacrifices and prayers that you make, they're fused in the divine will. You make that intention to fuse them in the divine will, and you offer them to God in the divine will. And this, uh, this uh, is a support for the provenient act, and it begins to have this effect that goes out. And the more people enter into this, uh, the more creation begins to be restored. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yep. Well, if you're just joining us, okay. we're talking with uh, Deacon Mike McEwen this morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls. Deacon, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the practical side of the divine will, spirituality, and how to live it out. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. 
we're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We're talking first off this morning with Deacon Mike McEwen from the Diocese of New Ulm. Uh, We chatted with him last Monday. If you wanted to go back and listen to that podcast, uh, just look up Monday's show from last week and you'll see the Divine Will Part 1. Today we're talking about Divine Will Part 2. So if you wanted to catch up, you can listen to them back to back. That's right. (laughs) Backwards, whatever works. Yeah. (laughs) So Deacon, we left off with talking. How, How can they listen, by the way? Where would they find that? Oh, yeah. It's just in space. Okay. Realpresenceradio.com. <laughs> Thank good. you, Bergwald. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we're, we were talking about the practical side of the divine will devotion um, and kind of how to live that out. And Chris, you had an interesting question during break. Well, um, Deacon, I, I'm curious to hear about some resources that you might recommend, but I'm especially even more curious to hear um, about the impact that this devotion has had for you personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's start off with resources. Okay. So, um, yeah, as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, sometimes this can be misconstrued by certain people or... Uh, you know, people that that are approaching it from a theological mindset outside of the church. Mm-hmm. So it can be hard to understand, like many mystical writings. So the need for guidance is important. We need to look to uh, 
proper sources. So the, I guess the first place to look um, would be um, probably her, her biography. So the Vatican has published her official biography. It's entitled The Son of My Will, and that son is S-U-N, The Son of My Will. And that's an excellent resource for getting a more in-depth look at her life and spirituality. Probably one of the best resources in my journey in, in the divine will is an online community called Mary's Hill, which can be found at queenofthedivinewill.org. And there they have weekly virtual teachings by Robert, Father Robert Celso. Um, you can download some of Louisa's writings. Uh, basically everything that you'll need to grow into spirituality. And in this, you get proper formation, um, proper, you know, things are presented in a, in a way that is uh, faithful to church teaching and not just somebody reading it and giving their own personal interpretation. It's kind of like Scripture, you know. Right. It, is, it is something, uh, a wonderful gift, but at times, you know, when people use it for their own purposes, mm-hmm. it can get off base, so... To look at the church's guidance and, you know, always interpret things in line with church teaching. And especially if you're more theologically minded and you really like to get down to the meat of it, Father Joseph Ianuzzi is a theologian who wrote his doctoral thesis on Louisa and her messages. Mm. And this is available for purchase on Amazon. It has the ecclesiastical seal of approval of the Pontifical University in Rome. And the title of that book or thesis is The Gift of Living in the Divine Will in the Writings of Louisa Picaretta. And here he does an excellent job of examining her writings from the view of ecumenical councils and patristic and scholastic theology. Great. So those are, those are some, some good places to start. I mean, there's, there are many resources out there, um, uh, but those are, are ones that I found to be very faithful. And can you can you mention what was the um, the uh, the website address once more? Uh, queenofthedivinewill.org. Okay, great, thank you. And that's uh, they're connected with the Benedictines of the Divine Will. Hmm. Okay, okay. So how has this impacted your life? I know you've um, given lengthy uh, speeches on it, talks about it. How did you get involved, and how has it impacted your life? You know, I, I, I just ran across it. I remember probably just over a year ago, I heard someone talking about it. And I, I really don't get a lot into private revelation and different mystics. Um, you know, there's a couple like Anne Catherine Emmerich that have had an impact on my life. But generally, that I don't. In my busy schedule, I don't have time for it. But there was something about that that I, I looked up, and I just kept getting drawn more into it. And because of my my experience with uh, St. Gertrude's spirituality, it just clicked with me, and it was like entering into this more deeply into God's will. And so I'd say the biggest effect that growing in the divine will has had on me and others that I've talked to is just this deep sense of peace. You know, when when so many people get caught up in fear and anger that's going on in our society right now, it's nice to have that unshakable conviction that God is in control. And, you know, you probably see on the news, 
people don't really have that same mentality out there. It's more of a worldly fear and anxiety. Amen. So how do you, so you, you mentioned earlier some of the prayers, the daily prayers that are associated with devo- the devotion. So if you don't mind sharing with the universe, um, how, how do you, so you just, especially that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. So how do you at this stage in your own um, journey with this devotion, what, what are the practices that you do, those, those prayers that you shared earlier? Is there anything else that you personally do to unite yourself more deeply to the divine will? Yeah, actually, um, some of them come from her writing. So one of the, one of the uh, approved writings that, that has, currently has the, the imprimatur and the, and the Neil Scott are the 24 Hours of Passion. And these are uh, as kind of an hour-by-hour uh, relation of Jesus to Louisa, of what was going on in his passion. And um, as you enter into that, it just it really has an effect on your spirituality. You enter, uh, at least I, I can say from my experience, I enter into uh, meditations on the passion in a way that I haven't before. Mm. And other than that, doing the rounds, um, when Louisa, each night she would kind of go into this state of, you know, uniting herself in the divine will and going around the world. And what I like to encourage people to do is, you know, she does have some rounds printed out that you can kind of pray along with. Um, but I just think wherever the Holy Spirit leads you, what is on your heart? You know, when you're listening to the news, and you see that, you know, uh, whether it's sex trafficking or human, human trafficking on the border or uh, war or the riots or things like that, it's like to, to begin to offer God praise and adoration and thanksgiving in order to make up or to, to give him what is due for those people that aren't doing that. So God is constantly being deprived of these things by our sinful habits, by our own human will. And what we're doing is, in the divine will, we're offering God that perfect praise, adoration, and thanksgiving. We're, we're offering up His will to Him, in a way, and to in order to repair and restore what has been lost and what continues to be lost through our human actions. So... Uh, it's kind of like Louisa called it, swimming in the divine volition. And the divine volition is another way of saying the divine will. So mm-hmm. she would go swimming each night and during the day, like she would just enter into that and, and begin to offer up uh, honor, adoration, praise, thanksgiving to God uh, in order to repair and restore. So I'm going to take this a step outside of kind of what we've been talking about, just because I've been questioning. So different types of spirituality, we're talking about the divine will spirituality, there's the divine mercy spirituality. Is it beneficial for somebody to find something that they can relate to and have a devotion? Or is that you know what I'm asking, Dr. Bergwald? Yeah, I do. I, and I'm really curious, Deacon, because um, during the break we were talking about this, you had brought up 
um, Saint Faustina, um, who's best known, well, is 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 known because of her um, Jesus's revelations to her about the divine mercy, private revelations, mm-hmm. uh, and of course that devo- that devotion is spread. Um, would you see this as as something similar, where um, po- people might just as they find the divine mercy devotion a powerful way to unite themselves to to the God's mercy, would um, the devotion of the divine will be a powerful way for people to unite themselves to God's will? Um, yeah, I, I guess a couple components of that. First of all, um, you know, Jesus revealed to St. Faustina Kowalska that the divine mercy would be the last devotion that he gives to mankind. Oh. So, uh, people say, well, what about this? Mm. Right. But Jesus revealed to Louisa Picaretta that this isn't a devotion. Mm. This is what he referred to as the crown of all sanctities. It's the goal that we're, that every devotion leads to is his will and living in his will. So it isn't necessarily mm. a devotion. It's not really a spirituality. Um, it's more the goal of, of what we're getting at, that, that total union with Christ. Mm. And, you know, if I can refer back to what St. John Paul II pointed out, he said that there's going to be a new springtime in the Church and a period of new and divine holiness that we've never experienced before. And that's what this is. It's like everything is leading up to this point for those people who are willing to accept it and live it. Um, it helps usher that in. But mm. this, this time of God's will on earth, like we pray in the Our Father, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is coming, and uh, this, we can be a part of that. But whether, whether we individually are part of that or not, it's not going to stop the gift from coming. Deacon Mike, thanks so much for joining us again. We've ran out of time with this conversation, unfortunately. Um, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Deacon. Yeah, God bless you. You too. And we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Father Russell Kovash is joining us, one of our hosts. So stay tuned. We'll be back. More with Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 